You're listening to the Dive Bomb Podcast. G'day and welcome to episode 66 of the Dive Bomb Podcast. We are here with the Dieci, the Italian Dieci, number 10 for Max Verstappen. We're here with our uh, race review of the Italian Grand Prix, arguably one of the better races uh, this year in 2023 as we haven't had so much racing up so close up and down the grid as we had this past weekend. And I'm here as always to break it all down with my co-hosts. Start with you, Varun. How you doing? Buongiorno. <laughs> Buongiorno, signor. We we managed to watch the race together yeah, this weekend. Got which, one in, got two thirds of the crew together. Yeah, two thirds of the we crew. We're halfway, we're more than halfway through the year, but it's been a very hectic and crazy summer. So hopefully, moving into the fall now, uh, we'll be able to watch a lot more races together. And there hasn't been, much <laughs> I don't want to say there hasn't been much much drama to like that we haven't missed talking yeah. through a lot of stuff live on race days, just because obviously this has been. 10 in a row for Max. So if you're putting money on that, you're you're a oh, pretty rich man right now. Could you imagine? And uh, 15 in a row for Red Bull this year. And no other no other winners other than a Red Bull since last year in Brazil with Georgia winning. So, yeah, it's been a crazy run. But nonetheless, maybe as we come together, maybe we get three out of three in the same room. We get another drama-packed race. Yeah. Everything is building as well. And uh, we'll we'll touch on that throughout the episode, but also want to introduce our my other co-host James. James got on a just got back from a trip to Boston. Boston, 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 Massachusetts. Yeah, I'm one of the assholes now. Yeah. So welcome back to Canada. Thank and, you. Uh, good to have you. That was a better welcome than the the border agency gave me. So <laughs> yeah. thank you very much. They were probably looking at your eyes with your hangover, and we're like, I don't know, <laughs> why are they so glazed? <laughs> so. Yeah, uh, let's talk Monza. For me, I just want to start and say, like, Monza is my favorite track on the calendar. I was talking to Varun this weekend when we were watching. I would actually say it's probably my number one track that I want to go to outside of, like, Canada, obviously. Like, it would be number one on my list. And then probably number two would be, like, Silverstone. Uh, Those would definitely be the top two. Uh, Obviously, I wouldn't pass up (laughs) an opportunity to go on either. But this track is just insane. They call it the Temple of Speed for a reason. Like, they... Just watching practice and qualities, you see the speed trap where these guys get up to like 350 kilometers oh. per hour, and it's uh, the fastest. I think it and Saudi are the two fastest speed oh, traps. Like average. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, like also the, like averages lap speed time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those guys are always flying down those. So really cool racetrack, and then obviously you have the Tifosi, and it's just like the Ferraris, oh. Ferraris Haven. Yeah. So I feel like for a fan experience. You yeah. have to pick that. Exactly. Just, it looks insane. Yeah. So before this weekend, I was rewatching some of the old races in Monza, and I've or yeah, sorry, and I've I've watched a lot of them in the past. So I think I went back to like maybe it was like twenty seventeen. I think Kimi was on pole in a Ferrari. Ended up being like a really good race. I think Hamilton won it, but still just like epic to see like when you see a Ferrari battling for like a top three position. Uh, even back in twenty seventeen, and obviously this year we got to see. Ferrari's battle for the podium positions. Pretty much a pretty win. Much, yeah, pretty much yeah. a win for them. And uh, when it comes to putting your... I've seen so many uh, TikToks where it's like, you if you just put a sticky note over like the two Red Bulls on top, yeah. you have like a really good dramatic oh. season. 
to watch. But um, yeah, like uh, as I kind of intro this episode, the first thing I really want to talk about with you guys um, is the battles we saw up and down the grid. Like how remind me another race this season. I don't know if you can, but try to remind me in a time where we saw so many battles that were so close and fought for more than like one or two laps. So, I mean, I have them written down here, but I just want to, I'll, I'll kind of list them off and I want you guys to tell me which ones you like the best or if you have any moments that you want to touch on uh, that you remember just from when I'm bringing them up. So first one early in the race, we had George and Checo uh, racing and in front of them was Max and Carlos. So that was kind of like the first phase of the yep. race. We had those two battles simultaneously yep. to watch, which normally really doesn't happen. And um, the the key there I think was, it was a matter of time on both of them. Like I was expecting Checo to do make quicker work of George, but George did a great job defending. And then mm-hmm. you could say the same thing for Carlos when it comes to like, we know the weakness of the Ferrari is the degradation of the tires. We knew it was a super hot day in Monza. So we were looking to see, I remember Vernon and I were sitting here like, there's no way he makes it past like 10 laps. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Like just him getting a 10 was like a win in my book. Yeah, exactly. Like, you thought him off for that the double long. digit would have been generous too. Yeah. yeah. Like, Especially then, once GRS was enabled, you're like, it's only a matter of time. Yeah. And there's been so many times this season where we've seen a car like it's been Ferrari sometimes, it's been McLaren sometimes, it's been Mercedes sometimes, it's obviously been Fernando sometimes, but they say like, we're going to give it our best shot to give Max a run. But I truly believe this was the best challenge he's got from a car oh, yeah. other than Checo all year. Yeah. Like Carlos said on Saturday when he put it on pole, uh, which was another epic part of the weekend, but he said like, I'm going to give it my all tomorrow. And normally we're like, okay, he's going to give it his all. He's going to like get take overtaken in the first like five laps. Yeah. DRS is going to get enabled, but they built that, they built that Ferrari. They put a new rear wing on it and it was just a bullet in a straight line. And it basically like negated DRS, which yeah. is what we need with a Red Bull <laughs> to yeah. be able to see, see a battle. So uh, what'd you guys make of that defense that Carlos did? I mean, oh. he, you could say it in that one battle, but I'll also mention like he had a battle with, Checo obviously for in the second stint um so he had to I mean the big thing was he had to pit early because Max chewed his tires up yeah. from defending to Max then he had so he knew he was going to have a disadvantage with tires with Checo but he still managed to like fight or fight and defend against Checo not only that he was like at a huge disadvantage against his team against his teammate and what a battle we saw there as Yo, well so yeah. yeah I mean I'm teeing you guys up to pump my boys tires but oh. Let me I, mean, <laughs> I mean, there's no pumping of the tires necessary. It was just like he he raced like we he raced basically how we wanted to see all throughout like I'll say the top six drivers all year long like actually in a battle where yeah. it wasn't like okay it's a matter of time and like the first opportunity Max had he got him it wasn't like that like we saw it was at least like four or five times where we're like okay Max got him here and then just like Carlos pulled something out in the corner where he was able to defend or close him off yeah. and. We like we were talking about it during the race that it's like the first time we actually heard Max starting to get frustrated all year because he hasn't had a reason to otherwise. Like when he was like, "Oh, that was a bit sneaky and stuff like that." It was it was almost like I forgot like Max is like that because he's just been like in clear air the whole season, just been having like a little stroll around the park pretty much. Yeah, he hasn't but, been put under a lot of pressure. Exactly. Like- so yeah, when you heard him heard him saying like, "Oh, he's sliding all over already," talking about Carlos, it was like. It wasn't like Max in his in his like classic mode where it's like just a matter of time before I got him because I know I have like the speed. It was like he actually had to push consistently 
and then I think he got him in like I 15, think he needed 15. to make him a mistake. Yeah. yeah. By the yeah. time it got to ten, I was like, I'm shocked it hasn't happened already. And then he went another five laps. Yeah, laps. exactly. I mean, it did come at the cost of his tires, and uh, like you said, could have easily disadvantaged him for the rest of the race. But and it could have cost him a podium. Yeah, too. exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, that's what we love to see is like did. even if yeah. it almost did, and it probably should have, and like. Charles did go until the end, but I think he could have probably still overtaken him yeah. if he really tried. But, um, like, he did that knowing that it could cost him a Ferrari podium in Monza, but he's like, I don't care. Like, I want, I want, I want this dub. Like, put I on want the show. To, yeah, put if on the show. So. If you're, yeah, like, that's, that's when you risk, like, the strategy part of racing. And I totally understand it from the team's perspective. Like, you have to think about it logically. Like, how do we maximize yeah. our points? But, if you're, like, doing stuff like that, like, imagine if he had just let Max fly by when he's, like, in the lead of a race. You're completely taking out the racing part of F1, which is yeah. what you don't want to see. And uh, which is also, like, why later in the race it was good to see the Ferraris racing. And we'll get to that. But, I mean, there was a few scary moments there as well. But yeah. I'm, all that, that is to say is that, yeah, in the Ferrari garage. Very much sure. so. But I'm glad to see that um, Carlos, you know, held him off for as long as he did and still managed to come away with a good result because... Like we were saying, it could have cost him just uh, defending against Max like that. Yeah, like James, as a Max fan, like you've seen 15 rounds of this season where obviously he's been dominant. Oh, like yeah. how many times have you seen it where like he has a car within like four tenths, three tenths and doesn't make an overtake. And yeah. like he was able to like place his and car even, on like, the inside. Not even like one. well before the corner either. Yeah. It was like. They they were like wheel to wheel going into the corner, and then Carlos would pull something out of his bag of tricks like yeah, every yeah. single time. He literally needed to wait for him to lock up for yeah. him to have a chance, and even yeah. with that lock up, took like another half lap for it to actually get it done and get it to stick. It's almost like yeah. I forgot that's what like like close racing is like because yeah. you're so used to just seeing him go by and like no questions asked, like it wasn't ever a doubt. Yeah, and then there was like we were just sitting there pleasantly surprised, like he yeah. kept oh. coming back at him, and it was like. It, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, watching it the whole time, and just so happy that it happened in Monza too for those fans to enjoy. Like mm-hmm. Ferrari's disappointed us so much this year, but like this was last the, two years. Yeah, <laughs> more than yeah. So this was this was a good time for them to to pull that out. It was good to see. Yeah, for sure, and it really like um, was a sign of things to come in the race because we knew if we were gonna see Max having that hard of a time to overtake. Uh, a car then there was going to be so much other close wheel-to-wheel battles throughout the rest of the grid because there was clearly like some cars that were faster than others but you really had to make the perfect move and really put so much pressure on the guy in front of you to make a mistake or else you were not going to get past so yeah um before i finish talking about carlos there's two things i want to mention one is uh i think it's flown under the radar a bit that he's taken pole uh, in in Monza like that, when it comes to like how easy it's been for Red Bull to be like so far ahead on True. top, especially compared to Ferrari, their their qualifying pace hasn't really been like outstanding this year. So uh, seeing them or seeing him do that, and he also did it in a manner of like I think he was green sector one, which is which makes sense. Like he's there's um, like more flat out bits in sector one, but sector two is like has a lot of cornering, which normally you'd think is like where the Red Bull is superior, mm-hmm. but he nailed the second sector and that's where he ended up being uh, faster than both Charles and Max by that really small margin. But just to say like nailing that second sector in a car that's not normally great in corners is, it was pretty, pretty, pretty awesome. And then yeah. also to cap off the like 
the show of Carlos's defense of the weekend, he also chased down a man that stole his watch. I don't know if oh, you yeah. heard that. <laughs> but like that. someone stole his $500,000 Richard Neal Richard Neal watch and he like chased him down and got and like him and his crew I guess chased him down the cops arrested him yeah. and there's like a video of like Carlos he just bent over he was like trying to catch his breath like anyways yeah crazy <laughs> crazy you that, that your own your own people do that to you oh. yeah yeah, I mean, the shit people will do for money yeah. at the end of the yeah. day. The but guy probably didn't even care about it. I'm just glad years. no one mm-hmm. Clearly, he definitely wasn't at Tafosi. No. no. But yeah, thank God no one got hurt for sure. But also just epic that this guy just, like, can't be stopped. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Taking, taking no prisoners. So, um, yeah, hell, hell of a uh, job for him. And uh, we'll talk about a couple more battles. I do want to come back to the Ferrari on Ferrari yes. battle as well. But... I think there's other battles that are worth mentioning on the grid as well. So, um, the George, the George and che- uh, George and Checo battle. This is one we've seen a little more often since George obviously is coming to Mercedes, and uh, this was probably like the fairest fight we've seen where it comes to like there was no contact. Normally, when these two come together, like sneakily in my head, I just remember them always making contact. Yeah, I can think of like Austria. I think. Yeah. They, George got a penalty. Yeah, I was gonna say I feel like George always ends up throwing up the elbows. Yeah. I think in uh, Baku as well, he punted, or was it Max that hit George? Anyways, there's been a, there's been a lot of like collisions when it comes to George yeah. this year. I feel like so he he had a clean battle with Checo, ended up holding him off, and for me it made me really excited watching because I was like the longer Checo stays fifth, the better of a battle we're gonna okay. have when it's two on one up right. top. And how many times do we see Checo lock up in that battle? Like the amount of times yeah. we see Sam yeah. take the runoff. Yeah, yeah. It was like it almost seemed like every second lap during that battle where he was taking yeah. that, cutting that, having to cut mm-hmm. that corner because he couldn't just get past George yeah. going into the chicane. So, but it also brought that other battle up front to be more interesting because we had at one point, I want to say it was from laps like five to eight or five to ten where. Uh, Carlos P1 Max P2 Charles P3 were separated by like a second yeah Yeah. and they were like like one grouping ahead of the rest so it was like Charles watch and like for me it's so impressive to say like you're a P3 you're in P3 you have your teammate in P1 and you're watching the fastest car ever built in F1 history I'm just gonna say it like fight against your teammate and you're just sitting there watching and then there was times where we would see like Charles maybe take a look to like try to get by Max and like uh, it, it's just like this is the racing that I think we saw when we like first came in as well like this is what we want to see this is what we need more of oh, that's, yeah. that's why I feel like you can't really like take Monza for granted because I feel like this race was just classic oh, yeah. F1 like just yeah. classic battles. and Charles kept saying that I don't know if you picked it up on the post race show but that's what he kept on saying is like yeah. we were pushing the regulations to their max yeah everybody was everyone was yeah, yeah. yeah. it yeah. wasn't yeah. entire management bullshit it was, we're going to race. Yeah. And that's what people want to see. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah. I agree. No, no, and, and I did hear that, actually. In the, yeah, the, I love the comments he it, made. Yeah. It sums it up well, because, like, no one was thinking, like, oh, I might lose a podium. Like, Carlos wasn't thinking about, I mean, he probably was, but he's like, I'm not going to just give in. Like, every other yeah. race, I feel like everyone, like, sees Max in their mirrors, like, all right, let me just yeah, pull over. This yeah. is not my race. Let yeah. him go ahead and then try to be ahead of the rest of the pack. Like, yeah. that's what it always is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was an, a breath of fresh air for sure. But it wasn't even just from the battle up top. We saw it in the midfield as well. And in those, I would say, um, the second tier. And actually, I, I want to bring this up. I'm reading Mark Weber's book right now, which is, uh, I told you guys before we started recording. Mm-hmm. But he talked about when he was racing in the midfield when he first started in his career. Um, and then he called it, like, 
he was obviously racing behind the battle up front, which was at the time like Michael Schumacher's domination. Mm-hmm. So it was like Schumacher against Alonso or Schumacher against um, uh, his teammates, whoever that may be uh, back in the day. And um, he called it like the race within the race. So mm-hmm. like we've said that a lot this year, probably because it's everyone but the Red Bulls. But uh, the race within the race here also had some really good battles. And that was had a lot to do with one Alexander Albon who has just put himself on another tier this year and it's funny to think like when someone goes from like in my head he was like a villain when he was with Red Bull not even a villain he was so trash I just hated him because I was like (laughs) he shouldn't be in that seat and now like that he's like a seasoned veteran and he's driving the shit out of this Williams like it wasn't even a it, it was a good car this weekend but Given the conditions, he admitted oh, for a lot of the weekend because it was so hot, like it wasn't gonna work for them. Yeah. But he's and he was slower, like on pace, he was slower than the McLarens. He was obviously slower than the Mercedes. Didn't they pit very early as well? I want to yeah. say like they're one of the teams that pitted very early, but it, yeah. Like going back to that, just hatred for him in the past is almost like him and George like swapped fandom. Yeah. When yeah. they made their their change of seats. Yeah. And so just something about that Williams seat yeah. being in the back market. It's just like when any driver goes from like a like, a coveted seat to, like, a seat where, like, they pretty much have a blank slate, do whatever they want. Like, we talked about it with Bottas, too, when he left. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a little bit different because he's always had, like, that likable personality, so that yeah. was always kind of separate. But when he went to Alfa Romeo, we were, like, I remember there was a time last year where we were just singing his praises episode. Yeah, they episode. started hot. They yeah. did start, and that was obviously a big part of it was that they were actually doing well. And now that they've, like, really just shit the bed. Yeah, we just don't talk about him. But it was a lot different than when he was on Mercedes and we were talking about him. The way we were. Yeah. Yeah. It is cool to think that, like, you're, I don't know, like, you can almost, like, build storylines around, like, just where people are seated. Like, if the Williams Mm -hmm. all of a sudden was starting to dominate and win titles, then we'd all hate him again. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, before when Max was, like, trying to beat Lewis, we were kind of, like, pulling for Max to win. That's what made me love him, was he's the only one that would compete. Yeah, exactly. And now you're, now we're sitting here, like, Max, can you, like, crash your car? Can you have, like, another winner? Take a foot off. Yeah, yeah. Can you, like, have a coffee or something? So, so, there's also so many memes out there about, like, what Max does during the race. Like, I think you brought up, like, the the Netflix. Oh, yeah. The memes. I saw one where it was, like, he was, uh, it was, I think he was, like, showing him driving around Monza and they were, he was like ordering McDonald's on Uber Eats yeah. or something like just for day. He's like, Oh, sorry. I should have won by 20 seconds, but I stopped to have a junior chicken or something. <laughs> like, oh, God. So now we're obviously tying this back to Alvin where we saw him in that Red Bull seat and we were like, do better. And now we're seeing him in this Williams seat and we're like, you are captain Ma- Tyling. Men's is hot. <laughs> Men's is spicy. So, um, yeah, I mean, we want, we saw it firsthand in Canada. There's just seems to be, these Alvin trains that form mm-hmm. everywhere on every continent, no matter where oh, you it's are. Incredible. Uh, and, and uh, as I mentioned, uh, just briefly there, like Lando said to him, himself, like we were faster than Alvin, but he was putting his car everywhere it needed to be there. Obviously we've known this the last few years that they set their car up for specific tracks. And now with James Val's in there, we've mentioned it time and time again this year on the pod, but they're nailing it. They're just yeah. knowing what they want and coming out with these massive results is just uh, awesome for the team, especially when I have this as a note later to chat about, but there's only one driver in that team right now. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like quite quite uh, epic what he's doing, but think about those battles. Like he had so many battles with, with uh, I mean, George was already up, up the track, but Lewis had to come through as well. So 
at one point we had like the McLarens versus Hamilton versus Albin. We had like yeah. that whole battle yeah. from like seventh or sixth down. Which I thought, honestly, Albon was on for a P6 I result. thought he was going to get yeah. it, too. And then when Lewis got his penalty for um, for his contact with Piastri, I was like, Albon's going to get it. But obviously, um, when you commit to a one-stop as well and it's so hot, the last part of your stint is just so much harder. Lewis also had the alternate strategy. The alternate strategy, Which exactly. just, he was able, as soon as he got that fresh air, he was gone. That was yeah. God-tier yeah. in this race. Oh. If you would have started on, like, I actually think, Possibly, it would have even been a better fight at the front. Maybe not, maybe not off the f- off the start of the race, but I feel during like the, the end of the race, if the Ferrari yeah. started on hards, but yeah, it would have it would have flip flopped the entertainment. Yeah. Like the beginning yeah. was super close. I feel like it would have been transition. Like if I was end. on F one manager, I would have like obviously not in real life. You don't do this, but I would have thrown like Charles on hards. So and Charles, yeah, like, get a little mixy. Yeah, get a little mixed on there just to see. But that's obviously <laughs> hindsight as well. Like we clearly saw that that was the the strategy to be yeah. on. I think Bottas capitalized on it as well, and he ended up scoring a point, which he hasn't done. And then I want to say the Haases did it too, and they're just terrible. Oh, they, no. <laughs> it didn't matter what they had. They're literally like, you put it, you as soon as they bolt the tires on the Haas, it's like putting them in a paper shred. Yeah. yeah. You know those two laps they took away? Like, if it just only applied to them, they still would have been last. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, was the, it was that bad, man. It was quite funny to see... Uh, Kevin Magnuson, like in the background of the <laughs> the battle for the Ferrari's battle, I think it yeah. was. Did you or see, the, remember Croft? You were saying on the broadcast, he's like, "What if he just stuck his elbows out a little bit, yeah. just like try to get himself involved?" <laughs> yeah. No, over the, the I, I think we should have just got an onboard of Kevin for that battle. That like, would have been fantastic. Little, he's a personal cameraman, yeah, like yeah. a ten million dollar cameraman, just yeah. sending out there. But there, there was the. The race engineer at the end of it, he was just like, and you had a good front row view to that action yeah. at the end. I'm like, yeah. is this your plus of the race? You guys have a lot to work on. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. this is tough. Yeah. It's not what Kevin wants to be doing right now. Yeah, not great, for sure. Um, so, yeah, all those battles kind of being touched on, I think just overall, like, I, I just rate this race so highly this year because of that. Like, we, there was, I listed one, two, three, four, five kind of like six and a half because I, I included Hamilton, McLaren, and Alvin as like one battle. Yeah. But like, I don't think I can rewatch a race this season and count that many battles oh. that went on for that many laps. Like, I mean, there was always something going to on. To sum it up, like we were watching it and we had a round of golf to get to and we weren't like, okay, let's just turn this off and go. There was, was no lull. Yeah, exactly. We had, whenever it was like, you know, one battle was kind of dying off for a bit. We had another one to switch to. Yeah. And it was like, entertainment throughout the entire race right up until the end so and it, and it felt really it, it felt like too like i remember i don't want to it's weird to say like the good old days because it makes me feel like i don't like watching f1 anymore but if that's not true it's just different right now it's just yeah obviously a very different period and obviously this happens when the rules change but when we came in to watching this i remember vividly watching the ticker and being like oh this person's gonna pit like where are they gonna come out what does this mean mm-hmm. for their race like obviously that stuff still happens, but like I I hadn't found myself really giving a shit about all these little one on one battles because yeah. I knew most of the other tracks. It's like at the end of the day, like you know how it's gonna kind of finish. But here we were like, oh, like anything can happen, yeah. and like everyone's ba- the fact that you can hold someone off for five or six laps, and you really have to make an effort to make an overtake is like, e- and even with tire different differentiation too, it took a lot to to make. Yeah. A really good overtake. Remember so, when Carlos yeah. had a slow stop? Like other races, we'd have been like, "Fuck Ferrari, just like screwing themselves over as usual." But it won't really matter. But in this one, we're like, "How is that 
just that one mm-hmm. extra second, like, how is it going to yeah. translate? And it wasn't even a slow over. stop. It was, like, an average. It was just, like, they yeah. needed, like, it's because it, it mattered in this yeah. context. Like, they needed, like, a quick stop, and it was. Yeah, for sure. No, but, I mean, like, again, like, you're actually sitting there. Maybe it's because we used to bet on it more, too. Yeah. So, like, we used to do all the group betting, and we used to give a shit about, like, who was in 12. Uh, which yeah. maybe we should start doing again, but uh, I do have a wedding to pay for, but maybe we can just toss a couple toonies around yeah. until you uh, pay for it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but anyways, I think also maybe part of it too is like we haven't been getting together, so I, I don't want to totally like write off where we're at in F1, but I just yeah. feel like we really have to take in this race because I don't think there's one where we've had it like this in a while. Um, that being said, that also meant that like we had a couple of people to vote for when it came to driver of the day. Um I mean, we already touched on their performances, but for me, the top two would definitely like Carlos and Alex. Yeah, like yeah. It's coin, show, coin flip between the two. Yeah, and I, you, I think you have to give it to Carlos just because like he put everything on the line against the fastest car. The yeah, pressure there. of Monza. Exactly. You can say like a guy like Alman's driving with zero pressure because he is. Yeah, he's he driving is. with literally zero pressure, and yeah. you can say the f- pressure has come off a of Ferrari bit because like Red Bull has just run away with it. Yeah, but like I mean, well, no, the pressure's never off Ferrari. No, yeah, especially no. when they're getting shit on. Exactly, yeah. but I mean, at at a certain point, you kind of start to see the writing on the wall. But like this being their home race, and them be battling for a podium, and like we said, that being pretty much a win in these uh, in these circumstances. Yeah. yeah, and having like their two drivers going at it, which is just like could they're be... also still battling for the second. Yeah, so yeah, there yeah, there is still stuff spot. on the line. There yeah. definitely is still um, you know things to to work out. But I mean, like just. Choosing between the two, you give it to Carlos purely because of, like, the the context of where yeah. he is. And yeah. not to mention, like, you made a really good point there. Like, not to mention that you, you're going to look back on this season, I think, like, obviously right now we're watching history unfold, but you're going to look back on this season probably in, like, two or three years, and that race specifically, that, that was as good as a 1-2. Oh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. for Ferrari, it is. They obviously risked a lot there in the last few laps, <laughs> and I did, I did want to bring it back just to that battle, like, Obviously, it can't get any closer than watching teammates go at it. And in a race where, uh, you know, obviously they have, like, the same car, similar setup. We had these the two Ferrari drivers, and it reminded me of, like, old school, like, old school F1, where it was, like, they didn't give a shit, and they were yeah. just going, prawling, Senna, like, rivalries. all the way to the last lap. 50, yeah. 50 first lap, lock up going into turn one, almost... Both of them. Oh my god, yeah. But, like, I wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, after obviously, your engineer says no risk. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Oh, man. The social media is having a heyday with that one, too. Yeah. What's no risk to Charles Leclerc just sending it? Quadruple like, lockup. Yeah, like. yeah. Almost, uh, like, literally hairs away from <laughs> yeah. taking him out, too. Because I didn't even realize it, because when we were watching it, I thought he was just on the outside and he locked up. No. But if you watch, he went to the inside. Locked up well coming back to yeah, the outside. Yeah. So he went well across. signs was coming back. He went across outside. his path. So yeah. it would have been like, could have very well taken out both of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. It was, it was wild. Just... And then they continued the battle too, I think. Or, no, sorry. It was before the lockup because that was on the last lap. But they yeah. had the battle where Charles did overtake Carlos. Then Carlos came back and it was just like, that you're was watching. such a nice You're watching them too. come around Curva Grande and you're just like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, Carlos with the inside, with yeah. Charles with the advantage, oh. and I was like, oh, man, that was incredible. The best part, the best, the, it's just like, put that in my veins. Like, this is what we need all the time yeah. um, in F1. But 
just it just doesn't get better than that and this is why I think like we're gonna look back on this race too and be like okay like this is one of the better ones of the year when when the the year is said and done and Monza's just Monza's just god tier so yeah um before we touch on some of the lower drivers I do obviously want to like acknowledge Max's and Red Bull's accomplishments we named this we named this episode you know, the number 10 in Italian. I don't even remember what it was. Yeah, DH, 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 whatever it is. 10 in Italian, but... Or just X. Yeah, we, there was, um, I think it was a time where, uh, like, obviously there's been, uh, when it comes to, like, engine suppliers, everyone kind of has a rivalry a bit with Ferrari just because, like, Ferrari thinks they're the best engine, obviously. And then in Mercedes' years of dominance, I remember one, I can't remember what year it was, but... Mercedes finished one two here, uh, and they decided to like take it really slow on the victory lap, yep. just like Max and Checo did, and it's just like to show obviously that like you're in Ferrari's home territory, like such a badass yeah. move. And we dominated. So we saw like them do it as well. Red Bull, they did it. That just badass, like slow yeah. as shit out lap for a one two, and it's it's a little bit of salt in the wound, especially as like people watching that I. I'm so done with watching Red Bull win, but they've got 10 in a row for Max, 15 in a row as a team, like, just absolute ballers right now, like, it's unbelievable, like, congrats it's to too them. much, but fuck, yeah. but fuck <laughs> literally, uh, so yeah, I mean, impressive, this, Max is rewriting history in a way that, you know, I'm, I'll bring it up again, I'm reading Weber's book, he talks about, this book was written in 2015, and he talks about a young 17-year-old Max Verstappen winning his first race. And I just think to myself, like, as Weber's writing this book, he has no idea that this guy is Mm going to go on to, like, almost have 50 wins, and he's not even, like, how old is he? He's my age, 26. 26, like... No, he's turning 26 at the end of this Yeah, so he, you know, he's going to be at 100 before we know it at this rate. Like, I don't see Red Bull going anywhere in this generation of car, Mm -hmm. like... They've got probably two more years of, like, really... Hopefully, obviously, they don't dominate like this for the next two years. Otherwise, I might have to watch NASCAR, but... Um, <laughs> Can you like, watch IndyCar now that Groshan's leaving? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, he's, he's going to have a really good chance. And, like, yeah. obviously, this is accelerating it to a... No one's ever done this. This is That's literally what history means. But, like, yeah. no one has ever done what he's doing. So the fact that he's, like, accelerating himself through... Uh, I don't even know how much like it matters to him right now too. It's what pisses me off even more is he doesn't even seem happy about it. But I feel like he's just the Dutch in him. Yeah, he's, like very dry. Yeah, he's very. Uh, but I feel like eventually he will look back on all this too and be like, uh, um, be very like grateful and happy about it. I think I saw actually it flipped up on my feed that I think you watched the video and I also it it's I saw that you liked the post on Instagram, mm-hmm. um, uh, and it was. Uh, a performance podcast about with Fernando Alonso on it. I don't right, know if you yeah. listened to it or not. No, I remember the but, this little clip. Uh, there was clips of it, so I ended up listening to the whole podcast. And one of the clips that you'd like that I watched was talking about, like, what, like, do you have any regrets about kind of, like, your career? Because mm-hmm. that's a really good question for a guy like Fernando, given the fact that he's had, like, so much choice of team and all this. But he said, like, I wish I would have enjoyed my career more. Because, yeah. like, he was always, like... When he won something, he was always, like, looking to the next thing. And when he won something again, he was 
you know, there was always like, what can I do better? Mm-hmm. Uh, I it think, was, you don't take your time to really like soak it in. And I feel like Max might regret that. Someday. Yeah. Well, like that's also why we've seen Fernando's change in personality. Cause remember, this is kind of like before we were really big fans of the sport, but like he wasn't always like a likable guy. Yeah. Especially not even just from a fan perspective, but for like a team working with him. Yeah. He was not always easy to work with. And I think that was the biggest reason was when he came to that realization, he came back to F1 after his, like it was his second like retirement because he's had two right or was yeah it just one? well i don't know if the second one was i yeah. can't remember i, I think it was when he came back after his mclaren time it was when yeah, he came back he to, went to uh, indycar for a bit when he came back yeah. to Al- alpine right yeah yeah that was when he like really a lot of people talked about it that he had a change of like that was the most recent one then yeah 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 he, he and then like we've seen it because now he's just like a kind of easygoing guy and it's also like when you're in the latter half of your career, you're just doing it because like, you know, your time is kind of, you know, it's coming to an end. So you, you really do appreciate it more, but um, it's, it's cool to see because like Fernando, I remember I, even when you see clips of him from like the two thousands mm-hmm. and his battles, like with Hamilton and stuff, like he just seemed like he was on such a short fuse and there's probably oh, yeah. so much pressure on him. But yeah, now racing in the position he's at, he probably looks back on those days and he's like, I'm glad I won my two. And like, yeah, you know, it's it's not everyone that gets to do, go through that. So. Well, not not many people even get a chance to like win a race. Like, yeah, win a race or even get a podium. Yeah, ultimate exactly. Yeah, <laughs> don't remind me. Um, but yeah, like two titles. But I just feel like I don't know. Like I feel like I would like to see. I guess I don't really know how you would know that someone's enjoying what they're doing. But I I feel like maybe if I compare it like to a to a. Uh, the only other dominant run that I've witnessed, which is the tail end of Lewis's run. Like, I felt like when I watched Lewis win and when I watched him on the podium and when I listened to him, he was, like, more grateful. But that that also just, like, is his personality. But that was, was, also, but that was also in the latter half of his reign. Because, like, I think in the latter half of his reign, it was, like, because as, I think it was just, like, purely drivers getting older. Like, as he was getting older, he was, like, really expressing that um, gratefulness for being in those positions. Because... Like, you see videos of him from when he was younger, and it was still different than Matt's, but it was a lot more, like, cockiness. It was, like, yeah. I'm the best. But, like, in the latter half, when he won his seventh title, it was just, like, thanking everyone. Like, I'm I'm just, like, grateful I, I get yeah. to still be in this position kind of thing. True. So, that, yeah, it's, like, a maturity thing. But yeah. I also think it's, it's a personality thing, too, yeah. where, like, I think Lewis has that more ingrained. And, like, Max is more of, like, a stone-cold, like... Dutch killer kind yeah. Of thing. yeah yeah it's, it's a lot of his vocabulary and mannerisms for Lewis for sure yeah. but like he was just as dominant in that 2020 season he won like 12 of 17 races or something silly yeah. like well that. I wouldn't say just as dominant okay yeah but he didn't win up 10 there. in a row <laughs> <laughs> up um, there but no sure. no it, it, when we were watching it we were like holy shit this yeah. is it was the same thing he won three tires he won three tires one race like it was something crazy yeah, no, exactly. And and also we had that rule where it's like if we saw him at like plus money, money. if we saw plus him at money, any close to plus money, we were guaranteed putting money on. Yeah. So, and at this point, like that, you can't even get plus money on Max. I don't no, think. it's I'm, like like one point two five times your money. Yeah. That would have just compounded forever. I saw you could one, have just kept doing. I it. saw one guy's bet slip for last weekend for Monza. It was match bet Ferrari versus Mercedes. Okay. Um match most points scored Red Bull yeah which was after quality so they got it at like minus oh, 250 nice. which was actually a good pretty good for money. Red Bull yeah um and then the last one was 
who was the last one? It was like a fur, further fetch one, I want to say. It might have been like one of the two Ferraris, one either or Ferrari on the podium. I think that might have been it. Yeah, I feel like And it was like $1,000, and it was single bets. Like, oh. it was like 400 500 200 or something like that. Wow. Like, around 1000 bucks, And he made like five grand off of it. Just And oh. it was like, these are, this is like a surgically put together, yeah. like oh, yeah. three plays. That and piece that killed nice, it. Like, this guy killed it. So, um, yeah, pretty cool. Um, but yeah, uh, epic to see kind of, I'm glad we got to have that conversation too. Cause it's, it's going to be interesting to see like Max is having this success considerably early. I don't know if it's, it's definitely not early in his career. Cause he's started from such a year that it, he had his first freaking win at 17 or whatever, yeah. or points at 17. I can't remember what his win was his win at 17 as well. Yeah. I think it was 18. But okay. Yeah. yeah. So points were when he was 17, I think, but, um, so it's like he's young for a person, but veteran in F one, right? So whereas like, Varun, you made the point like Lewis by the end of the seven, he like he's like one of the older drivers yeah. now, right? So he had that like different, different like motivation or different like outlook. So I wonder what we'll see in Max's career. Like how will we see his outlook change? Yeah. Well, I mean, like part of it also is like he's probably looking at it with the point of view that the job's not done because like, and yeah, we're talking about like trying to appreciate the ones you've already accomplished but for him it's like he's still far off from the records he ultimately wants to probably break yeah so he's True. he's still in like yeah you whereas, still have to do all this again yeah to get yeah. to lewis whereas for lewis like his seventh like he was tying schumacher so yeah. it's like for him i mean you could argue that like he's still I mean, he still does want that eighth but it's like by that point it's like okay now these like big like the top tier records are like within reach yeah and and like for max it's like just time will have to go by for him to be able to get to that point. Because yeah, that's true. Putting that work. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like he's beating, I don't know if you're to put in another sport term, he's beating like single season goal records right now, but he still doesn't have but like you, Wayne Gretzky. You still need the time. Put in the time. Yeah. Put, get those all time records. Because he could like all of a sudden find himself in a car that's only like good yeah. enough. Yeah, and nothing's guaranteed, right? Yeah. Because like, and that's why he has to maximize these, this like time period that Red Bulls and he has to maximize it. It's yeah. like he can't, you know, take a race off, even if he is, like, winning 10 races in a row, so. Yeah. All right, so I want to touch on a couple other drives um, in at Monza, just before we finish up. Yep. One of them, Liam Lawson to P11. Oh, oh yeah. Brings nice. him to P20 in the driver's standings, ahead of Nick DeVries and Danny Ricciardo. <laughs> yeah. uh, obviously, he didn't score a point, but that AlphaTauri, even watching it throughout the weekend, was fast enough to score a point. For the first time probably all year. Yeah. And that obviously goes to show the fact that he finished P11 and he's not even very comfortable in the car. Super sad for Yuki. I actually think he could have oh. been like P8 yeah. or P7. He, he might have even been between... He could have even been between Albin and Lewis, I think. You think that I think he up? was that fast. If Lawson was 11... True. Yeah. If like, Lawson had a terrible start, he lost yeah. like two places immediately. Yeah. So yeah, imagine if that like, never happened. Sank like a rock. So. Yeah. Yeah, crazy, crazy uh, to see that. Also crazy just to think that, like, he's already finished higher in a race than, like, DeVries did the yeah. whole start of the year. Ricardo, he, he had can't really races. say anything. He's had yeah. two races. But I re- it would make me really sad if, like, Danny Rick... Now, just, he has to finish P10 to be in front of Lawson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, he has to get a point. Yeah. So, like, and, like, if he doesn't get a point now, it's, like, even more pressure on him. I want to ask you guys a question here. If Danny Rick has a healthy hand at some point before the season ends... Does he score a point? No. Does he even get the drive 
do they get it back. Do they swap out Lawson again for I think they have to. Like, or do I, you just wait and see what Lawson does for the rest of the I year? I think, like, if it was... And go from there. It's it's really hard, because, like, it's pol- been, yeah. politics comes into play. Like, he's, he's like, an established driver. Mm-hmm. It's just, like... And they love Daniel. They love him, and yeah. they brought him back, right? So it's, like, if you bring him back, and it's something that's, like, not his fault. He gets hurt, right? It's mm-hmm. not like he was driving, like, shit. It's... No matter how well Lawson does, like if Lawson gets a podium, some, <laughs> maybe different. Maybe I was different just gonna story. say, what if he scored points at Monza? This yeah. conversation would be even more. Key. Yeah, yeah. Like points are a concrete thing, but it's like a P eleven. It's like we'll remember it, but like when you're looking at the stats oh, we won't later on, no. <laughs> this will be the last time we talk about. It. Well, yeah. maybe not, but but I mean, like we're talking about it now. Whereas, like yeah. when they when they have to make that decision, they're not gonna be like, oh, P eleven and Monza. Like if there was points on the data sheet, yeah, it would be a little different yeah. story. See, but like we have we've had a small sample size of them. But Zanfort wasn't an easy race, and he did well. Yeah, and then he, it was so close for points here. Yeah, it's I like, if he continues to go on this trend, the conversation will be, in my opinion, it'll go something like, it's not anything to do with like how you drove because you drove yeah. very well. It's just it's Daniel Ricardo. He is a veteran. He like we brought it him back for a reason. Yeah. It's his seat, but like you're still in the conversation going forward, kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, could you also see him attract attention? For an F one drive at like Williams next year. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. It's like like the surgeon continues to be bad. Like that's see. the thing. It's like if 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 Red Bull like the team like the parent company sees a risk of losing Lawson if they don't keep him like in that seat, maybe it's a different story. Yeah. Because you know it's like if I'm yeah, another team, you losing Daniel. But like I think a team like another team, especially an up and coming one, is is looking a lot more heavily at a guy like Lawson than a guy like Daniel Ricciardo who's got like maybe a, a year or two left in him. Like, if they're thinking about the long term, right? You're too left with Danny Rick, huh? That's sad. Yeah. If that's the truth, I mean, it might he was, a we, thought it, we thought he had zero years left until he came back this True. year. So. Well, no, I think we we all thought he was going to be back, Come back at, at some, some point. point but, sure. I mean, he just wants to be back for Vegas. The clock is going to stop ticking, man. He's getting yeah. up there, and for sure. Yeah, but I say we re- re- revisit this once we know about his health. Yeah, and see what decision they end up it's going also, towards. Like, because makes, I do like at this point yeah. in time, I do lean towards Danny Rick. But let's say if he does, if Lawson does continue to put up these good results, it is it is something to debate yeah. about because you also can't argue that like he, he Lawson came in at like a time where like Zanvoort was probably one of the hardest races on a driver the whole year. Yeah, and Singapore in there halfway through the weekend. Singapore, yeah. the next one is probably the hardest yeah. on your body. Um, and then we had Monza, which isn't an easy track. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I guess it's like a lot of flat out spots. But a lot of flat out, but they also had a weird start to the race too, where yeah. you're just like sitting there cooking for 20 minutes, yeah. waiting for your teammate's car to get shipped off. So. Yeah, so, I mean, no, definitely. I think it's a good one to like yeah. get the bug in our ear to talk about. I also love, because my only other point was Sargent. So like, I love the spice of this conversation when it continues to be like, it's like Sargent was almost in a score, the a point scoring position at Monza, he ends up getting a penalty and colliding with Bottas because he'd like committed to a one stop and he's not great at the tire, the whole tire um, uh, preservation bit yet. So he ended up just sliding off the road and yeeting into Bottas. But I didn't even see that. Yeah, <laughs> if you, yeah, it was it. it was bad. Like he was like locking up all over the place, and then Bottas overtook him, and they went into Curva Grande, like kind of how so like. Out of turn one, Curva Grande, and then into the chicane, and this was where like uh, you had uh, Charles and Charles and Carlos do their little flip flop, flip flop, but it was yeah. like clean, 
and Bottas is on the outside, and he just, like, straight just yeets himself to oh, the side. Like, fuck. just locks up, yeets into him. So, yeah, like, he's he hasn't shown anything, really, mm-hmm. Logan. So, I mean, at this point, it's either you keep Logan because he's getting familiar with the car, I guess, and he brings in amazing publicity because he's an American. Yeah. And we have three American races, so that's good to have an American in your car. Um, and Albon's good enough to carry your team. Yeah, like, yeah. that's what I'm saying. That's pretty much what you're saying. Right now, so you're not really losing yeah. results. Or do you look at, like, I mean, do you look at somewhere else? Like, I mean, I, if I was Danny Rick, I'd rather jump in the Williams right now than, <laughs> than in the Alpha Towery. All day. Obviously, the whole point of the Towery is that you get into the Red Bull again. Yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, I mean, the other thing is, is, like, when you look at Danny Rick, he's, he tends to just keep saying, like, this is just part of the comeback. Which is good to hear, but like, yeah. there's gonna come a time, and that's why I love that you brought this up, where we're gonna be sitting here and like, okay, it's like time to make a decision, nut up or shut up. Yeah. Like, did you do or does, did you do it or not? Nah? Or does Danny Rick just go for the complete villain art and jump into the Williams to try and get into the Mercedes seat? <laughs> <laughs> you see the Lewis sign still twenty twenty five. He's like, I can keep racing past then. Like, I'll show Metallica got more than one or two years left in me. <laughs> yeah. And then he wins a world title after he yeah. retires. Yeah. <laughs> um, that would be nuts. The script, the sin. Yeah, anything's possible, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but this is why we love F1 Silly Season. Cause, and now, obviously... Because it hasn't been very silly at this point. No, but I feel like this could be... I don't yeah. know if we're the only F1 fans thinking it, but this could be like the spark that ignites a little bit of mayhem at the yeah. bottom of the grid here. Like all it took was low, piastering the wall. And all it took yeah. was like Liam Lawson coming out of nowhere and actually being like a respectable F1 driver. Yeah. 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 I mean, again, let's not Small overreact because we thought yeah. Nick DeVries was good. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. Small sample. He ain't good. No. <laughs> Same racetrack too that he yeah. came into, but small things, sample. Things change in F1 really quick. Like yeah. think of how quickly we've changed from like the dominant team and how quickly think about when, Danny Rick and Max were in the middle of their like heated battle that one year. Twenty eighteen, yeah. Yeah, would you have thought that three years later he would have been at McLaren and already have come from another team that wasn't Red Bull? Mm-hmm, yeah. So like it's it's just crazy to think how quickly. And now he's changed. begging to be Max's teammate. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. So and this Rick is all cast. just post pandemic. Like it's it's all happened since we've been watching the sport. So yeah, crazy dynamic. T- so yeah notes to roll forward for uh the next dive bomb couple episodes here we got singapore coming up liam is definitely going to be in the seat for alpha tari there and um it's crazy they think that we're talking this much about a team that hasn't hasn't even scored points as a second driver yeah i feel like it's just because their uh sister team is the one that's just dominant god right now yeah yeah. there's a lot on the line for them and because they have a second driver who's like very much contentious in his on the hot seat yeah Yeah, for sure so yeah no there's definitely a lot i feel like we're almost if nothing happens this year in silly season we're due for next year to be a bomb like like perez gone friggin like maybe papa stroll yeah i actually yeah who knows but i think that's if we're saving it all for next year i think next year is going to be incredible last year was incredible with vettel leaving well sad but incredible piastri lawsuit issues yeah Yeah, that was nuts last year crazy to see so and everything it's crazy to say like it's all happened like a year ago whatever and now we're just it's just the norm that piastri's in the mclaren like at the time we're like oh my god he's not an alpine driver anymore now it's just like really normal to see him in a mclaren so uh, goes back to our conversation earlier about like just seeing drivers in different hats and you're like, Oh my God, what does this mean? And part of the sport, it's part of the, the great 
allure of F1 as well and definitely part of what makes it so uh, um, like cool to watch and why we're, we arguably got into it with Drive to Survive, right? Like yeah. how we kind of got into like the character aspect of it at first as well and then obviously deep dive yeah. into a point and That's where why I also feel like you have a more fandom towards a driver than team yeah, specific because yeah. the teams can just yeah. revolve and door people out all and the speaking time. Speaking of fandoms towards drivers i'll leave you guys off with one more question okay like this is just purely because we were coming off monza as a ferrari's home race and carlos's result got me thinking you know do we still consider charles the number one driver on the team i know aaron might be a little bit biased but like is it start to really have that conversation of who is their number one driver i think i think i said this to you after the race Rune, I think I did say that. It might have been what put in. It might also be because I've been staring at Carlos's face on your <laughs> little <laughs> couple little trading cards. Yeah, couple trading cards over there. Um, no, I mean I've said this for a while. I think I probably said it on the podcast that I believe they're at least equal. At and least equal. Yeah. If I was building a team, I would obviously I would take either of them. But I I obviously he's my favorite favorite. But I would take Carlos over him. But yeah. that's obviously because the conversation has quickly gone from hoping Charles can compete against Max to. Charles competing against his own teammate yeah. and now is his teammate actually outperforming him like if they the way I were the way I worded it to Vroom this weekend is like if they were the Red Bull team like or like let's say Ferrari had the car that was winning all the titles who would be the winner like yeah. I don't know mm-hmm. like I think it would be so close I think it would be very damn yeah. close. I don't know. Like, I don't think you could say for sure because I think it would I be. I feel like inherently so Ferrari just loves Charles more because yeah. he's been in the system he's for red, so yeah. much longer. But and that's just like the the kind of history with the team aspect. Like, yeah. that's kind of what Lando has with McLaren. If no, I just want a consistent season, I'm picking Carlos all day. Yeah. Because yeah. he, he just makes less mistakes. Yeah. I think, I think which is crazy because last year he was making a ton of mistakes. At, yeah. He did have those gravel pit. The gravel pit yeah, spin outs exactly. all the time. Yeah. I just think across a a title race, like across 20 or 24 races, I think Carlos would be the winner in a championship winning car. But I would literally love, he's 29, obviously that was his birthday last weekend as well, but he's like still has a lot of time at F1 left. So if he ever wins a title, I'll be fucking pumped. But it's funny that James sat here three years ago and was like, oh, what if Max ever wins a title? And now he's like freezing to a second. So you never know what'll happen for sure. So... Uh, yeah, maybe one day. That's a dream, but I love that. Good way to end it with a little, little bit of, uh, little, little bit of hot takes, a little bit of what ifs, as we like to do here on the Dive Bomb Podcast. So we'll leave you there. We'll see you. Two out of the next three races are night races, so absolute spectacles. And then we're making our way into the last half of the year where we go uh, everywhere but Europe. So we're we obviously got Vegas to look forward to as Just well, which is another night race. Desert and then this side of the pond. Pretty yeah, much. yeah. <laughs> so should be an epic Desert in the Americas. Epic last bit of the season and uh, enjoy the night races. They're always really cool to watch. I know Singapore is one of my favorite ones to watch. So pretty pumped for that. And we'll talk to you after Singapore. Ciao.